welcome to the Focus on Goals podcast, where we provide inspiration for the next generation with your hosts, Angelo from SCS Sports Coaching Specialists and Lee from Happy Days Photography. Let's get into the show. Angelo, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you, Lee. We well? Yeah, all good, thank you. All good. I think we are... uh, we're live, it's all going well, we're on again. How's things? Good? You well? Yeah, really, really, excited. really excited again today. Obviously, Toby coming on yeah. um, to, do a, to do another podcast, and I think these have been um, really, really uh, good for all the leads. Yeah, we've had some really good feedback, haven't we? You know, and we've, we've said ourselves about how diverse it's become that we didn't expect it to be quite as, as interesting as it's been, without that sounding wrong. Yeah, I think we've, we've sort of. Um, you know, worked on the podcast and gone through lots of different businesses, obviously we've had sports personalities on here, and it'll be interesting to sort of hear Toby's story today. Yeah, 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 really good. Um, the weekend, have you been up to much of the weekend? Do you get anything done, or just um, a lot more of the same? Pretty, pretty much the same sort of stuff, really. Obviously, when the weather's nice, it's a, it's a lot better. We've, um, we've gone for different walks, and, yeah. um, going on our flights and stuff like that, which is, which is the main thing, is just having a bit of time with the family. Pretty much, probably like yourself. Very much, yeah. We uh, had to build a bike yesterday afternoon, and then that meant a big bike ride with the kids. You can imagine how that went. Um, so, yeah, so it's all good. So, right, let's just get into today. So, we've got Toby Freeman. We'll get him in in just a second. And Toby is the CEO and founder of the Robin Cancer Trust. Um, and really, we wanted to get him on just to hear his story today about how he formed it, why he formed it, and uh, the guy's an inspiration, to be fair, to a lot of people. So, I think that. This is going to be really good and really relevant. Um, I expect we're probably going to get a bit deep at times and maybe a bit uncomfortable for a few people watching because he talked about a lot of things people don't want to discuss. But yeah. for me, I think we really need to try and get this message out to people if we can. So, so let's bring you in. Hang on a second. We'll see if we'll press our buttons. Toby Freeman, you're in. How are you? Morning, chaps. You well? How are you, mate? You good? Very well. Thank you, Keith. Sun is shining. Uh, family's healthy. Happy, so can't complain, definitely. Fantastic, mate. Well, it's good to have you, and um, I really appreciate you coming on. As we, you might have heard this, might have heard this then, obviously, we've, uh, the, the stuff you do is, is important, life-changing stuff, isn't it? Yeah, well, we think so. Um, we know the ramifications of what happens if we don't know this information, I suppose, but yeah. we'll get into that a bit later, but yeah. Uh, some of it's important, some of it is uh, me just talking bollocks. But, uh. <laughs> That'll all make sense later on. <laughs> I like it. So, what have, you been, um, what have you been up to at the moment, obviously since, since lockdown? Yes, so uh, I'm actually furloughed at the moment, as a lot of the charity sector is, there's just not a lot going on, so that's in itself wrong challenges. Um, yeah. you know, as, as you guys, I can tell from the podcast and what you do, what you have to do. I like to keep busy. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I've got a two-year-old that keeps me on my toes. Uh, my wife's a worker, so she's working a lot, and we've got a baby boy on the way. So. Oh, congratulations! She's not strapped like for anything to do. You know, housework, DIY. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 How are you getting on with your list, lads? Because mine is terrible. I'm I'm rubbish. <laughs> It's not been too bad, not been too bad. We've uh, carved out time for for ourselves in that. My wife works three days, so I get a Thursday. It's my day. I can do whatever I want, and you can do that. <laughs> 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 I love that. Right. I mean, 
my, my list when I first started, I was uh, I was really excited to do it and enthusiastic, and just sort of died off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, mine's been very similar to that. It's not gone, not gone great. Um, so, Toby, let's just get into to your obviously your culture, born and bred, aren't you? You tell us about your sort of your childhood and stuff. Yeah, uh, so Wivenow, born and bred just outside of Colchester, um, been around here all my life. Um, you know, standard upbringing, really. I've heard some incredible stories on these podcasts. I'm thinking, you know, I can't, mine's pretty dull. I have terrible recall as well. My wife always said I can remember a strange fact about the solar system, but I can't remember the day we met. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that terrible or selective? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't do me very. Yeah, no. You know, mum, dad. We lived in Wivenhoe. Um, I got two brothers, so you know, my mum says she's the boys. I'm not sure she, you know, stuck with that after we're all fighting our entire lives. But <laughs> yeah, I, you know, upbringing. I was the, I'm the youngest, two older brothers, um, and yeah, dad, dad's got his own business, project management and consulting. So okay, one always from that. Yep. Got his team, did really well. Mum um, had the much harder job of staying up and raising us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's. I think we've all realised that in the last 10 weeks that that's not, that's not the easy gig, is it? <laughs> no, absolute props to all the parents out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Keep, just keeping the kids alive. That, that's, that's I, I would definitely prefer to be working. Um, I've got a little baby boy, six months old, and that is hard, hard, hard work. Yeah. It's constant, which obviously you both know about. Yeah, yeah very much. It's, uh... I did six months in, the bags aren't too bad, aren't <laughs> 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 He's young, isn't he? He's young, that's what it is. So, so obviously, um, getting into into the charity and and the key messages now that, that is your main focus, it's your main, your main role, isn't it, Toby? Um, Obviously, that started following the tragic events around Robin. Do you mind talking to us a bit about that, about that sort of situation? Uh, yeah, so take it, take it back a bit. Um, Rob was 23, prime of his life. We're talking sort of like 2010 to early 2011. Um, I want to say like prime of his life. Like, I'm 30 years old. I'm not in the prime of my life here. No <laughs> easy physique. What he was. <laughs> <laughs> It was an antenotype, you know. Much <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say Lee No, he's far colder than that. Far colder of it. But he was really healthy, really healthy guy. He uh, always down the gym, used to run every morning. Play, we used to play football together two, three times a week. Brilliant. He had a solid end, but I had Bambi legs. <laughs> trying to keep You're like the brother he brought along. <laughs> He, he barely, barely drank, he said he was fun enough, never smoked, that sort of stuff, you know. Eat healthily, um, just sort of put us all to shame, really. And then mm-hmm. around, yeah, around two, Christmas 2010 into early early January, he just developed this sort of dry cough. You know, very conscious of dry coughs nowadays, but back then, be clear on cancer, just sort of release there. If you've had a cough three, three weeks or more, you need to go to the doctors. Okay. Young, bit, doesn't think much of it, Christmas time, I've got the virus, okay? Yeah. Um, he was, he'd moved out from home, he was doing university one day a week, he worked for my dad, uh, doing quantities of pain, uh, so he just started his career, he just thought he was really stressed, 
cotton fatigue going on and some other stuff that he wouldn't really tell us okay. and then this drive on. Mum, auntie, nagging all Christmas, go to your doctors, go to Eventually goes told probably why it comes to get to us. Right. Um, so I was working in some bars at the time. Uh, I used to get in at like three, four in the morning. And I'd always watch house. <laughs> Silly back look house, the wind down the bed. And my brother came down in the morning, or probably midday when I got up, he was like, My arms it's swollen. And I just watched this episode of house where someone had a similar thing and they had a blood clot. And wow. I was like, Doctors. Goes to the doctors if it's got some more nagging. Go home, don't worry. That gets worse over the days, straight up to the walk-in centre in Colchester. Um, immediately, something's wrong, but we need to keep you in for tests. You never really expect, you know, that's bad and you're yeah. worried. And you just think, okay, like, yeah, we used to call it a sick note. We'd like something back, obviously, always in having these yeah. uh, so we thought, you know, during surgery, they've got blood clots because that's happy, you know, mm -hmm. the, the right thing. So, in a few days, the curry starts to kick in. After the uh, they, they find their tongues, they're at the hospital, they put them into a little spike. doesn't take a genius to work out something's gone bad, it just begins a little tiger yeah. with a very teary eye. Uh, meet Mark and they sit in there and they just uh, rob you, leave your son, Mum's mum knows what that means. She's finding Bob's just staring blankly, and I just asked the question. I was like, "Is that cancer? Is that what that means? You know, because that's just all I've never heard. You know, I know what a tumor is, but germs tumor." And they went, uh, "Yes, and we need to get you into a specialist straight away into treatment because, with, you know, without it, you'll be dead within two months." So they told us it was stage four the worst stage um, we you know we've never had cancer in the family we've got diabetes we've got heart disease you just don't expect it you don't see it come in no rhyme or reason um and yeah from there he was we had two days i think at home at oh. home order a domino to sit there shelf drop two days later you're up at barts in london who are the, the national film so leading specialists oh. and bob straight into really hardcore Therapy to try and to try and treat this thing. That's wow. where for for months. Um, that that year's a bit of a blur for me. I was I was still managing the, the bar in Colchester, so working ridiculous hours. Rob was going through really hard for chemotherapy, so he was literally up there for six months. Came back two times in about that bit. You know, if anyone had a, a sniffle, a cold, you couldn't go see him because it's kind of, you know, because he had no immune system. Yeah. He was, you know, truly isolated from the rest of us, which obviously in current situations, I think people can mildly, mildly. Yeah, with. very much, yeah. Potentially, you know, life illness gets a lot, lot scarier. Um, thankfully, my parents could be with him as much as possible. My mum stayed up there the whole time because his dad wow. uh, was working up in London, stayed up. Bart's based in the family hospital, they just stayed the entire year. So, me and my eldest brother were just at home doing some thing and trying to as best as we could whilst Rob was all this. Um, mm. He ended up having multiple weeks of really aggressive chemotherapy. He needed a, a bone marrow transplant. 
which uh, I don't know if you guys know about bone marrow sort of no, extractions no. and finding that horrible big needle straight into the hip, uh, oh. you know, that sort of stuff. Luckily, my oldest brother was a 100% match, which is fantastic. Okay. Uh, I think that didn't take, so, you know, get your, your sort of hope that come along and then the troughs of oh. devastating news doesn't work everyone, obviously, my oldest brother as much as my, you know, uh, sorry, yeah. Robert, um, and yeah, I got to October time, there's so much that happens in that year, I could talk about it, yeah. they, they got to October time, they said, uh, we've looked at everything, there's, give you another round of chemotherapy that might extend life, life could kill you because it's so aggressive, or um, you can take the choice to sort of control as much as you want. And, you know, Rob, age 24 at the time, decided what my entire life at this point is out of my control. I would like to stop treatment and go out on my own terms, which okay. I think a lot of, uh, that's a huge decision. A lot of yeah. could relate to that thing because that year is so, you know, everything's out of your control. So told, yeah. If there's, you know, if there's no more choice, that's, or you have something horrendous or a little, you know, control over the way the way yeah. things go at the end i think that's a, a really powerful thing for someone to take back a bit of that and actually it was odd because he struggled the whole whole year we really struggled went from peak rob laugh joking always on always have you know to just a shell of a human being mentally impacted it um after we got that news as horrible as that was he seemed a bit more so okay we actually had quite a lot of knowledge. Uh, at that point, you're just, right, let's do anything we want. I could have a job, I had great employee, employers who just said, step back, go. you know, yeah. don't worry about anything, go be with your family. My dad did the same, and we just did whatever Rob um, Remember, we went to the zoo, had a nice day. We did a zookeeper experience. He always sort of loved animals. Nice photographs and that. My brother and him went to uh, they went to a machine head gig and they gave my brother some incredible drugs and he kept going on about uh, the laser show. Okay. My brother was like, yeah, there's no laser. It's <laughs> 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 odd, you know, it's the, it's the worst time yet, but you still cling on to those memories and those, yeah. Fun, those yeah. funny stories. And that's, that's, I think, is the great thing, isn't it, about it, is about having, having that time with him and then memories of of the funny times that you've got, even for all that at the end yeah, of it. Absolutely. And, and that's what was happening. Rob's last time at the hospital. And they, they they gave us that chance to be a because mm. My mum had been full-time caregiver for a year watching her son, you know, go from what he was to dogging. Same with my dad, you know, that's just horrible. Someone else taking control of the care, allowed them just to be different parents and open I always try and you know, support them as much as possible, tell my story and talk about grief, cancer and stuff, because we're not the only family going through this, you know. Um, it doesn't take away the pain, does it? It doesn't make it any easier, knowing that other people are in there as well. But there's, there's a lot of people who are there to support you through this stuff, so that's, it's, it's a hard tip. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah day, December 10th, 2011. We were actually supposed to, uh, supposed to be going up to Col U. Rob, active lifelong. Right, he called himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Colchester legends here before. We spent up player roads. We celebrated many times with them. Brilliant. But uh, yeah, we to going up to Colu. We had the whole family against the box, and we're like, yeah, good day, but we never made it. Rob turned for the worst, and yeah. the way he lived half time. That I think they beat Berry four 0 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So growing up and doing the school, the talks up to Colu lot. So we really point make a, make a note to the young lads just to mention that story. Just to, yeah. Ram it home because now they're gonna, if they're going to be in the first team one one day, they need. Important to what the actually lives. Yeah, yeah. So that then, yeah, tough, tough, tough times. And um, and I think that there'll be people listening that potentially can relate to to similar feelings of loss. Not the story will never be the same, but the similar feelings of loss of almost helplessness, that sort of thing. Um, but you and your family took took that and wanted to. Turn out into something good and positive, didn't you? Which is where the charity was born. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? About how that sort of transition came about? So, obviously, as I said, when we first heard the words germ cell cancer, germ cell tumor, germ cell cancer, it didn't mean anything to us, didn't know what it meant. Um, and you just spent, and a lot of people couldn't relate to this, you spent hours Googling everything. You were yeah. just typing keywords, trying to find it. At the time, there was just nothing out there. Macmillan Cancer Research UK had like maybe half page and stuff. They didn't give us the answers we wanted, and we found some case studies from like eighties and just there's no information out there about this germ cell cancer. So the more research we did, you know, after Rob Park, just sort of sitting around around the table, and we were like, I won't swear, bugger it, yeah, good has to come out of this. But we don't want to just create something. There's no need. So we did our research, we looked into it, we realised that germ cell cancers actually covered sort of testicular and ovarian cancers. So Rob, although he had some immediately spinal germ cancer, is the size of a great in between his lung. So incredibly hard to get rid of. The whole point of therapy was to shrink it so they could take really invasive surgery, but it would have saved his life. Okay. But what we did, it was a testicular cell. So he had a tumor in his chest, but it's actually a lone cell that had never made way down to his testicle when he was called as a fetus. And that just started growing, eventually creating tumor, 23, and why. Right. So the tumor was the same as someone who would have a testicular cancer, it's just hard and late to take. So tumors can appear anywhere in the body, brain, or test or over. So we looked at it and Rob was from uh, ignored some stuff uh, like his drop, like he had night sweats for months, thought he was stressed, stressed and worried about, you know, about working in the university. But he was waking up wrenched right. in the night. But he just like his cheap sleep in the towel. You, you adjust to your new normal, but you have something to read wrong here. So if someone like Rob was just going to and we risk other people ignoring health signs and symptoms. So we need to become an awareness charity because there was really yeah, people talking to young people yeah. who were like, when you're right, you by experience, fortunately, and by the time 30, 40, 50, been touched by these things, you're aware of it, you know. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, but people learn about it at a young age, everyone feels invincible. 
everyone think that you know health issues aren't going to affect the car more. You know, it's never going to affect me because I'm healthy. So you not out there scam scam on. I to educate the key points. This check yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Stop that. Worry. Please price on people's mind. Um, and that's what we want. We realise do amazing research, cancer research, amazing research. What was missed? Actual face to face education, young guys and girls, thinking about a young person that's gone through and just connecting them on that level, um, whether it be for a serious story or a giant testicles, you know. Yeah. Uh, Evolution. We just realised that. I think that was a really good point of what you just made there about, you know, go, you know, something's wrong with you, you need to go to the doctor, you need to get checked out, because especially for, well, for myself, and I think a lot of males, when it comes to going to the doctors, we always sort of pass it on and say, oh, we'll go in a few days, and I think family mm. members and also our other half, so we say, no, you need to go to the doctors, because uh, we all think we're a little bit invincible uh, as men, um, yeah. and I feel like what you spoke about so far is, is making everyone aware and, and not to be scared to go to the doctor is so important to sort of get there as quick as you can. That's absolutely it. Uh, so look, the stats on cancer, the germ cell cancer is incredible. Uh, testicular is 98% curable, stage one. Wow. Yeah. Very 90%. And the stats obviously just it. the later and the longer you leave it, it's, it's ovarian, 60% of the cases are caught in stage four. That's atrocious. That means people are going to their doctor being listened to. Yeah. It's really serious. Doctors, 98% is yeah. unheard of. Like, if you catch it early, it's very curable. Yeah. Very but obviously, plummets and plummets along the way. And it's an interesting one. Guys guys and females, the guys and girls, have to do the two different conversations. Right. Guys, yeah. much more, a bit more tact about getting to your doctors and that sort of education. It's okay to talk about this stuff. The female campaigns are more to do with empowerment because okay. they're better at talking about them, better at talking in their peer groups about their bodies. They're not as embarrassed because they're just like, not a thing, the body. Yeah. Guys really have that taboo about talking about any sort of health, let alone your, you know, we're the ones who just adjust the, oh, my knee's me on my shoulder, I've had headaches all week. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that because. It's not really like a, I don't want to be a bird. I don't yeah. even know. If it's just sort of ingrained. Just troop on a bit. And if I ignore it, it'll go away. Yeah. The, the most common thing. Um, so it's about listening to your body, checking yourself every now and then because something particularly over. Yeah. And just getting to the and just the doctor, car mechanic. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It is the case that there's so many, like, especially probably in the football world, Angelo, everything's everything's a level of joke, you know, there's a banter, there's a bit of a laugh, and, you know, lads will, lads will walk around the change room with their nuts out, not bothered about it, that's part of the game, but as soon as it comes to actually maybe a real vulnerability of going, ooh, I might have a problem here, there still is that stigma almost around it, isn't there? I mean, what, Toby, what is the biggest... Sort of when people are saying why they haven't gone and done it for before, what is the biggest reason that people are given? Is it embarrassment? Is it embarrassment? Is it? It's always uh, 
Uh, Which is such a ridiculous reason, isn't it? Like, no. It's, uh, it's embarrassing to either go into the doctor and be embarrassed of that process mm. or embarrassed admitting that something's wrong because embarrassed yourself, you know, it's, if, if I not think it's okay and someone know it's not okay, you yeah. know, that sort of mechanic. They're the two. And they're both really hard to break down, you know. The doctor is difficult because every doctor's surgery is sort of different on how they run, how processes go. We have to educate young guys. I mean, young guys are so much everything for them. Yeah. Because we, we educate clean upwards. So we're not going to schools. It's about, right, guys, who's actually ever talked to a doctor on their own? an appointment? No, never. So you're like, right, mm. you have to do. It's essential to have someone with me, a chaperone. You know, I can, I think my perception is what's wrong with me from a 16 year old lad. Yeah. So I just say, I need to you know, and then talk through the doctors having hundreds of testicles in their life. Yeah. They touch hands, saggy testicles, they're not going to worry about it. Yeah, not that one, but. There is no way to show anything they haven't seen before. So there's great to have that one, and then the impression of it's okay to have something wrong with you. This happens to people, you know. Everyone goes through from their teenage age to adulthood going, is that normal? This sort of, am I the only? Yeah. There, there's things in life, like I say, things happen hundred thousand times over. It's a different. Don't be embarrassed, we've all got the same bobs about it. Yeah. It, mu it must have been so, um, so tough for you and your family as well, obviously. And, you know, terrible what's happened with your brother, but to, for mentally it must have been so tough to, to try and remain positive for them last few weeks when you was going on in days out. Obviously yeah. you need to make the most of it and you need to sort of get as much um, fun stuff and, and loving stuff as you can, but you know, deep down you must have just felt exhausted and your emotions must have been you know, terrible really. Oh yeah, hard to describe. You know, I don't know how much parents did it. I'm sure all you know from here that you could exemplify the idea of what happens, and that's that's crushing enough. Mm. How do you do that? Um, it's, it's such a world thing. I don't think at the time. I don't think it'd be fair that I was even aware of my emotions. Do not process everything yeah. so quick. You're just yeah. going through emotions. You know there was. You know, you do take that moment back where you go, oh, he's dying. But you don't really, even when you hear something, you don't really process it like, like I wouldn't because I've been through it. Like, yeah. right, I want to know thing, I want to learn, ask all these questions. Just sort of going, don't expect to die. No. You know? no. Even though something's happening and they give you a timeline, months, the week, the day, you know, the day we were supposed to call you, we didn't know. I was watching Family Guy in the in the waiting room. Yeah. Text saying Rob's really well, get dad here. And I just thought, oh, he's left right up or something. Not yeah. realising what had happened. So yeah. that hits me like a brick up think, and that's where you get a year or however long for a lot of people long term illnesses hits you all at that one year, month, five years, ten years of illness. It all hits the time when you know it's there past and all of that goes well all the nice memories now are tinted with everything yeah. wedding 
there was Rob was supposed to be my best man. You know, I had two amazing best men, uh, man and woman, yeah. to not face they would have been there too. But there was a rock shape, you know, we've got to have what would be his nephew on the, the way. Yeah, it's tinted by that. That's sad. Mm. Every, every there's a hole, isn't there? There's always difficult, yeah, and that's a whole process to be able to just accept. The five, the five, just whatever you want to do, going through that, mm. it takes a long time, and for everyone in family, a bit of help to get to that stage where it's okay. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And did you find, um, did you find sort of external support for helping to deal with that, that grief and stuff, or did you find that it was difficult as a family individually? Or so, part the hardest part about it, I think is that everyone in the family deals with everything differently. Yeah. And, it, and again, acknowledging and accepting that. So, uh, you know, my, my, I don't want to talk too much about the personal life. No, yeah, if, everyone, my dad hasn't. He, he tried it, was that's fine. Uh, um, he, he has own coping mechanisms. Mum, my brother, more long-term help professionally. Yeah. And my mum has taken, I hope she won't mind me saying, my mum has taken years to get to that point. You know, she's going through that process now. We're like seven, eight years down the line. So yeah. that's okay. That's her process. Mine, I would definitely not say I was aware of myself, but my now wife kicked me for St. Helena's breathing and said, You're going. Hmm. And that was the best, that was the most life thing for me. You know, wow. you're okay. in an absolute pit and you don't realize it. I, mean, I sat in a room with a stranger, I cried for an hour. Mm. Then the next week I went back and tried for 50 minutes, then I cried for 40 yeah. And by seven or eight weeks in the line, we were just, and he, you know, the guy just said, I don't think he this anymore. Do you know we're here? You can go back anytime. You can have it all the time. You don't need to have been at another hospice, have yeah. their bereavement. Uh, like I said, my mum went through that process. Um, and yeah, the best thing I ever did professional and I would take anyone going through anything mental health wise mm. talking through its professional I would recommend they are trained but having an uh, objective an uh, objective to talk to who's not closely connected to talk to in your sober would be a positive yeah yeah well it's, it's funny you talk about sort of you know the, the mental health side of things because every podcast we've sort of mentioned here um, and obviously it's growing all the time in, in all, all works of business and, and especially in sports as well. And it's all about just making sure you talk to someone, mm. um, which is really sad, really. You know, everyone should have at least one person that they can talk to. But to, to think there is people out there that literally have got no one to turn to, it's, it's really sad. I think we've, um, we've touched on the sort of stigma side of things as well, haven't we? And that, that even... I mean, I've got I've got some good mates that I know if they were in deep trouble, they probably wouldn't talk about it. They'd keep their head down. But yeah. we can't, you can't be any more open and available. But yet, as again, without genderising it, as blokes, we kind of it takes a real big step to turn and go. I'm struggling. I'm, whatever that might be, you know, mental health. If it's physical health, if it's you know, you found something that you're not sure of. Um, I think it's getting better, but there is still that stigma, isn't there, in in a, that we need to try and break down. And obviously, your your charity Toby is doing huge work with that. 
Do you, um, Toby, do you get to follow up with the charity, the work that you're doing? Do you get to follow up the work you've done? So you'll deliver workshops or you'll work with people and then do you get feedback for how that's helped them? Yes, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, awareness is an odd, it's an odd one for long-term feedback. Right. You know you're making a difference and again, it's, it's as we've talked about, you know, you <coughs> de-taboo things and you, you, know, you make them... You normalise them by talking about them, but long term, because because we do just do awareness, we work with massive charities. If someone comes and says, "I've been diagnosed," you know, we pass them on to other we signpost them, people we trust that can help them with that survivorship. Awareness sort of doesn't always have that direct link. You don't know the lives we've saved. You don't always no. know, and if someone turns around, which has happened a few times, which is incredible. But if someone's gone, take my life, and you're Oh, okay. Uh, you know that's amazing. But you, you'll never really be able to quantify that, other than you know we do do surveys, we do get feedback from talks. So we know what the sign is before we talk, and we do a feedback form either online or uh, in paper where they, they tell us what they've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, surveys we used to do fresh fairs at universities, so people get our material. We do a survey. Um, to get hundreds of responses and obviously 75, 90% swings up on being more comfortable going to the doctors, yeah. more comfortable in checking themselves, knowing one or two more symptoms or knowing it's one symptom, you know. So we do have good stats that going out and talking and putting out material does have a direct link to better health, but we're never going to know, I don't know if you'd ever know the lifelong of doing this sort of thing. No. You know. no. You hear Total evidence, you know, friends who say, Oh, I get your every month, but this time I actually check myself and I can assist. You know, wow, that's great, you know, because you found something, you've clicked, gone to the doctor, yeah. you've had the ultrasound, it's assist, and now you'll be more aware. So, anecdotally, really good. You know, yeah. My great time is mine, after me when you may have had a two and just go, Toby, whenever I touch myself, I think <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> 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 that's exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's hard to quantify sometimes because you're never, you know, these are lifelong skills. These yeah. may not impact someone for ten to fifteen years, but hopefully, and, and honestly, I don't care if they remember if it's after or not. But no, they yeah. got it in their head. I was think when I do the school talks, I walk out giant pair of testicles on my head. Um, it's quite a stark image, but you know, kid three or four years long thinks something's wrong. That idiot with the testicles on his head, you know, yeah. the guy that came in the school. Well, that's a big look out. Oh, yeah, I'll check myself, you know. Yeah. Well, whether he comes across our web or another chat, who cares? He's gonna, that's going to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much. You know, regarding you, the, the, the charity, was it something that you, I mean, how long after your brother passed did you start the charity? Because obviously you must have been, you know, that's the last thing on your mind. Um, because obviously your emotions and stuff like that must have took a lot of courage to, to set this up and have the mm. have the energy to do it. Yeah, so I get asked quite a lot. Similar, we, we never thought about this when Rob was ill. Like it was never just Rob never Rob never wanted a charity or anything like that. He hated he very handsome, very good looking, hated his photos being taken, hated like being centre of attention, just wanted to crack on with stuff. It's sort of a family joke that all of this had his name and he would hate the whole attention. <laughs> uh, really. So it came, we did do it quite quickly, and I don't 
again, I don't have great reasoning. My, my dad has said it was my idea around the family table, having, you know, feeling like rubbish. Talking, apparently. I said, no one's doing this, why don't we set up a charity? <laughs> um, I remember very starkly back then, I can remember my dad, I did a bit of research, obviously I didn't have a job, but I was just computer, putting experts in earth, is trying to find out as much information as possible. In fact, I think I've still got the old research folder up there. Um, but my dad said, if we do this, we're not doing this just to, as like a free process. We're not doing this just because, you know, we're sad and we want to do it, but then in a couple of years it's going to die out. Yeah. Luke yeah. set something up because no one else is doing it and it's going to be a long-term thing that hopefully can outlast all of the yeah. legacy in Rob's name not, you know, we're going to have a lasting impact. That was really important that we could just go into this for, uh, you know, just like do it a bit better about one. You know, that's not yeah. fair, the same perhaps, but yeah. to have an impact because there was a real, you know, charities, it'd be a finite map, we didn't take a slice of pile. Um, and it happened quite quickly. We set up, the idea of it set up in many, we did our first race up to become a charity, um, the fundraiser there. Six months will be charity by the September. Okay. I think, I think for me and dad especially, just perhaps the way we want focus, yeah. it was our group. Um, that was how we got through it. Me and my dad have been months to live brother and my mum said years for their own health and just yeah, yeah. which is absolutely understandable but myself and dad are still involved uh, and I think it's just the way it's it's helped us being cathartic mm. yeah but it has the difference over the last few years especially within a turning point from obstetric uh, actually it's all about helping and survivors yeah. Yeah. the ambassador is so I hope people support us considered not just a because it wasn't it's obviously of course of family, your friend, you know, your neighbours, and it moves out to we've got uh, across the UK, you know, people that we've got involved in is evident role. Because it came to events, the charity love the ethos, love what we do, what we're about. So that's incredible that that's yeah. the I don't I don't the other day said I have no idea who Rob is. He's a story. I just thought you were a journalist. Gary called the Robin Hanson Trust, just like Gary Curie's called Marriage yeah. or anything like that. And but then I realised he was your brother and everything. But, you know, I love it. Made it a bit more special. But mm. People are into what we do. I think by nature, I think people want to see people being successful and having support around them. I mean, we've all sort of found that in, in the businesses and stuff as well, particularly recently. But when it's something so, so, so real and clearly painful for a family and for everyone around, I mean, you've got 40,000 thousand people, haven't you now, on your Facebook page that are, that are linked with that. Um, and what has, I mean, this, look, we're in the middle of this pandemic thing at the moment. Step that away. What is the what is the best ways that you you guys have found to help raise funds to raise the awareness? Uh, well, fun. We've been lucky with funds, but people just 
support uh, support us. Individual fundraisers are the main mainstay, really, which obviously makes the current climate very difficult. Yeah. We've had some amazing corporate support, you know, gifts in kind, people, websites for us, and posting that, you know, design work. They're thousands of pounds worth of donations. Of course, yeah. Uh, and awareness is basically any stupid idea I come up with that involves the ovaries, my board sign off of And I'm like, yeah, let's send a pair of testicles to space, guys. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, tell us about that. Tell us about that, because that, that was a thing, wasn't it? That was brilliant. <laughs> so we, uh, April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and that sort of recognised across the world through it's not a huge amount of cancer charities, but it's recognised to do it pretty well. Uh, and here in the UK, we, we picked it up too. So to launch, physically launch the Cancer Awareness, we decided like, with an amazing company called Sent Into Space, who will send anything into space. Brilliant. <laughs> Surely not. Yeah. You've not heard this story, Angela, have you? No, I haven't heard it. No. <laughs> oh, when we were performing, I asked them what the weirdest, was this the weirdest thing we'd sent in space? And they were like, no, we were with a sex toy company that sent something a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, right. So we decided to launch a testicular cancer website in the UK by physically launching protesters in space because we thought that was the best way to encapsulate the whole of the UK, the curvature of the earth. With a giant pair of test. It basically, guys, I'm going to show you what it looked like. I do this. <laughs> it looked like this. <laughs> uh, with the curvature of Earth, like here, it was beautiful. It was, it was like something out of a Stanley Brick film. Um, so yeah, it looked amazing. We launched the month. Um, we got some good, good press to PR, and it was, it was awesome. One of our trusted had an interview up in, uh, and they just mentioned it. He mentioned he was testing the cancer survivor. They were like, oh. Testicles in space. I was like, "That's up north," and they. Yeah. It's a really catchy. Yeah, really catchy. And where did you? Because they landed in Colchester, didn't they? No, no. You're oh, they did. So they, we got usurped by a space burger that was sent from Sheffield, and landed in Colu's training ground. That's right. Uh, the PR around that went crazy, but obviously we couldn't. We'd, we'd filmed everything; it was already over. We couldn't launch it late from the first. Okay. The whole point people think it was an April Fool's, but we actually did it and to launch a month. So we were beaten in the press side by the press, which was kind of frustrating. And it got our home. Ah, rubbish. <laughs> we're um... we from up to the stratosphere, over the. Uh, we chased them like storm chasers in the car. It was fantastic. Oh. Little GPS where these, these tests go. Landed in some poor dudes. A little uh so brilliant i'm just playing the um i'm playing the youtube video right now so anyone that's watching live or is going to be watching in the future they'll be seeing the youtube video playing while we're talking about this but i'll um i'll put a link to it obviously in the the podcast notes as well because i think this is brilliant for just just thinking about a different way to approach things it's um and how long did that process take uh, I just call people until they say yes and we get them done really quickly. I am so impatient. I'm very lucky to have a lot of patient people who want to support the charity. So we work with um, my friend's digital agency called Capture House, and I, I literally pitched the idea. Um, it's actually it's not fair. The idea had been on the back burner for two years, uh, sent into space, but we didn't have the funds. So we crowdfunded through the round, local roundtables. They found us the money. Uh, that will happen very quickly the year I really 
be done uh, when we just, I literally called Jordan up. Right, we're sending balls in space. He's like, picking up at five, we went to Sheffield, we filmed the whole thing, uh, and they edited it. And they worked amazingly. They worked open night for like three nights to get everything ready for the first. Very lucky. Tony, how do your events work? Sort of, um, so you're all over the country, you'd say? Regional, I'd say. Uh, okay. East Anglia into London is sort of what I'd call on in area. Yeah, and have, have you got sort of events planned for, for the rest of the year, or is it just pretty much that, you know, you come, come up with the next idea and then you then you go for it? So, we try and do at least one big video a year, uh, um, yeah. testicular awareness. Um, this year, as with everyone, this year's just been, what what is going to come this year, I don't know. Uh, and this is a big thing for the charity, because we're, the on the ground, front people, you know, we've reached 175,000 people with wow. information like that. Volunteers adding in a field, handing out cards, cards, mm. cards, signs and symptoms of everything. So, uh, you know, big festivals, Reading Festival, Leeds, Big Fest, oh, sorry, not Leeds, a Latitude, B Fest, uh, Freshers Fest, seven universities we go to in the region. Yeah. And that's all up in the air. So, um, you know, we're grateful. We're very strong on this might be, and we're going to have to address this when you know as we start coming out. You know, probably this time. Yeah. Uh, we've the chat. It might have to be the digital approach. Mm -hmm. We've prided us those people that turn up to whether it's village fate, you know, going and saying thank you to your local WI, reading festival, reaching fifty thousand people. We're there. We're doing it. That personal touch is massive. I think I really do believe that as well. You know, you can do videos, it's, it's the same with my sort of work. You know, having that personal touch mm -hmm. is massive and it shows your efforts and energies. And obviously with yourself, the main thing that I can see through you is your positivity and your passion for it. So, I totally agree with that. Face to face is going to be really, really hard to, you know, we're humans, we connect via all those subtle signs, emotion. Video's great, but you're not as emotional, you know, look, not look at the eye, you know, sitting there on your computer in bed, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. just a different world. We're going to have to adjust. I don't know what that looks like. You, know? you can always tell the human element of it. The digital side will allow greater numbers because, you know, we have reached 12 million online. If we keep pushing that, I'm sure we can reach further and further. But nothing will ever replace, you know, face-to-face. -face. So it, the whole set, all of our business, you know, we're going to have to adjust and... Mm adapt to that and whether it's like that permanently i don't know whether it's like that for a couple of years or a few months um, but we've got ideas to do you know awareness talks to be done via zoom yeah yeah younger <laughs> yeah. people in zoom call listening, uh, listening to me wave testicles around and talking about hearing cats and telling us <laughs> you know we are lucky again we work with great that can help us with all the design stuff all the things we need to do to get our messaging out there, so. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, I mean, look, none of us know what's going to happen, do we? But I think all of our, the businesses, the charity, that, that all three of us are in, we need to be out again. Like, we need some sort of normality back that, that we can spend that time with people and we're not alone. You know, the whole, the whole nation kind of needs that. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully if it, it all does what it's got to do, um, We'll be able to get back to some sort of normality and, and get out and start doing the stuff. 
Um, so Tony, obviously before the before this Corona stuff, what's the the biggest sort of struggles in that that you've found with the charity with running the charity? What's been hard? Uh, personally, um, being a lone lone worker on my own, trying you know the, the bane of the trying to do everything. Yeah, to do everything. It's the parallels. Charities are literally no different to businesses. We just have slightly different governance. So it's the it's the same thing. Trying to do everything at once, whilst trying to sort of doing the right thing, right? Yeah. Because you've yeah. got one reference point, and that's your own experience, your own knowledge. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful. Like master sessions I've got with local friends who are local business owners, of small charity. Uh, CEO, we chat, we're all in the same sector, we talk, run past each other, next practice. Um, it's really important because it's so easy to, you know, with one reference, it's hard yeah. to be objective. You're doing the right thing. And also, are you wasting a bit of energy trying something that someone else has already tried? Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's in the same boat, that someone's always It's very hard to be grand in the world we live Yeah. Different, different goals and see people are probably already thinking. So, yeah, that ugliness in your own head uh, and just juggling everything is really. I've got a great board of trustees uh, who sit above me, pecking order. They do all the governance. There's the, the, but then it's just volunteers who are amazing. The volunteers we have are the field rather than yeah. admin, marketing, or fundraising. Yeah. I, you know, it's like jacket, I just call myself sort of like a jacket master of none. Uh, <laughs> I think we all do that. <laughs> yeah. Did you say you have um, now 40,000 members of the, the trust? Is that, is that correct? Followers on social. Followers, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that must have been a really proud moment for yourself because starting up at sort of on your own with your family, you probably never thought you'd ever get to, you know, get, get out to reach that many people. Absolutely, absolutely. And when you when you see the shares, you see the likes, you see the comments. You're like, it's odd because you always you know it's important. You know what you're doing, but you're, it's you. You put something yeah. out, you create a little graphic. You put yeah. something. And we had one uh, last year, last April. Tessie Council uh, got shared twenty thousand times, reached six million people that month. Wow. Really goodness, that was weird. I did that in my box and set my tape. Uh, <laughs> One-handed. Just finishing this up, I'll post it tomorrow morning, and it just went everywhere. Wow, it's really? Just really? Six comments, just people tagging their mates, and nice things about people saying, this is so important, check yourself. You know, my son was diagnosed, what was diagnosed uh, with, with, with cancer, and, you know, like, it's just amazing when you, you see that in... Um, and that's mm. the beauty of the world we live in. You can be connected to anyone at any point instantaneously. Yeah. Um, you don't. You don't always lose the human element via social. There is that. Yeah, I think that it can bring it can bring people together even more so, kind of, because it's it's paths that wouldn't normally cross. I think there's a huge amount of when people see someone social, it's almost safe to tag each other and make a comment on it um, when you wouldn't necessarily come across them people. It's not. I mean, we've had a chats on here about the negative of social media being everyone following the instagram life and wanting to chase the dream and all the other stuff but i think in this situation it's so relevant that you can make it 
accessible for people to have the information and have the somewhere to reach out to. Yeah, and this happens. This happens online and in person. It's the one thing. So we do quality prep with anyone that's going to help us. You know, me or the trustees or an ambassador will tell them. One of the things we always say is you you you'll get people to telling them. So just by being there, just by either online because it's that obviously like you say it's the safety net and yeah. people are happy to type find a keyboard. But it happens in person all the time, and you need to be prepared for it. Is people will just come up to you and start catharting you, telling you their story. You know, my mom, my someone you know or I've been through it and it's just this amazing experience to share that moment with someone where they're open well, you know you're standing there keep referencing usually that's what we're doing got a pair of testicles all over around my head yeah. you know, stickers always a bit everyone and then someone comes up and tells you this incredibly like personal story and it's just this moment you're with this other person and just it's a really incredible human to human contact and social does work just share their story. Yeah. It's making these conferences going on of people connecting, you know, someone might be in someone might be in through something similar on your post and they're just yeah. having this conversation. It's, yeah. That's I think it's um I'm I'm just sitting here now listening to obviously your story and I didn't know too much about it uh, until today. And I'm sort of sitting here now thinking, goodness me, like it's crazy that I'm not involved in in your trust, for example. After listening to your story it makes me feel you know, sad that I, I haven't invested that time um, because I've heard of the Robert Cancer Trust. Um, but there's so many charities out there that sometimes people just sort of like just to sort of pass it on and, and don't mm. think too much about it. But when you actually hear your story, um, it's so powerful and it makes you sort of like, just me sitting in and thinking, why haven't I ever, you know, gone to the events or sort of got involved? Mm. But that's, that's the power of talking, isn't it? You know, yeah. yeah. The world is full of the noise, you know, social yeah. especially, and everyone right now is clambering to fight that noise and yeah. information overload. So, you know, we put our fight emails in, and you may have heard, Lee may have talked about us, but mm. it is yeah. like sit and make that connection either with self or one of the ambassadors or meet us and people do and have a laugh. Oh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I can get on board with that. It's yeah. not until you make that connection. That's why it's so important for us to be. Everywhere we can be and telling our story, and you know, as much as possible, important when you hear the ambassadors talking, you yeah. or John, you, their story, it's just like wow, it's, it is incredible. It does come back to the same story about talking, doesn't it? Just communicating, yeah. you know, the good things, the bad things, and, and just talking. And I think that's mainly the reason why we sort of wanted you on the podcast is, is for that communication and the awareness. Um, it's so good to hear you talking about going into schools mm. because obviously I work in schools. Um, mm. We work in 25 primary schools and I, I never see anything like this. Yeah. Uh, obviously it may be a little bit different talking to the younger younger generation but I think that schools, you know, you need to be doing this sort of thing. This is, this is so important. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those things I've, I've picked up on the podcast that you guys have heard quite a lot is the educational system, obviously perhaps we're in for a reform, but you know, financial education's been talked about, hasn't it? And just, you know, general life education, what are the skills we need and health education is definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. SHE is a great model and a tree, but there's not perhaps the, the impetus. You're expecting you're expecting a teacher to, to be an expert on everything, yeah. Yeah, perhaps learning it the night, maybe I'm being unfair, but perhaps learning it the night before, and you know, yeah, not be someone that's 
been through it or someone that's passionate about it, knows it inside, yeah. answer the questions uh, and be be authentic about it. One of, one of the most important speeches I've ever heard from a cancer survivor since in America. And he was talking about how when he first started out, he, he talked about being a track. He ran marathons. It was like a big thing. He had cancer, ran marathons, climbed mountains. And everyone was, you know, like, lauded over. But then he realized actually what he was doing inauthentic, telling the bad part of it. All he was doing was making people feel bad about the fact that they weren't living up to what he was doing. Right. Um, you know, perhaps talked about how great it is to run a charity and all the positive going, yeah, but it's terrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, and that wouldn't hurt to anyone because and the mental health side of it is with you forever. It's not like you just go start a charity grief centre. No. You know, I start every it's lovely. My brother would be though, you know. Yeah. Yeah, of course you do, yeah. Authentic to the good and the bad because that's again that's what resonates with people. Um yeah. So you connect, especially with the kids. You go in, tentacles on your head, laugh, laugh, everyone's broken down barriers. Yeah. And then I'm like, right, well, the time, let me tell you about that. Really sad. And then yeah. it's okay to talk about it. Let's go back with some humour, some education. Yeah. And here are your key. Like you say, it's a great way to, to, to get through those barriers because any person sees testicles in someone's head, especially for children, they're going to be laughing. So it's yeah. great. Let's not, let's not no. laugh. All we are is old children. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so with regards to obviously, you've got the the trustees that that are within the charity, overseeing the legal side of things to make sure that 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 all conforms. Um, do you then pretty much get a big run to do whatever comes into your mind as an idea to go want to try that is that does that give you the flexibility i think i think that's, that's fair they're a very supportive board um you know they're they're in place to keep me in check as much as anything um for the most part as long as it's justifiable you know i wouldn't do anything yeah. that was that i couldn't justify financially for the most part money is always the biggest issue yeah uh, for every charity slash business so um you know, my dad is the treasurer. He's <laughs> oh god. Sit down, boy. <laughs> we'll do it. Calm down. Uh, so we have some barney. Um, but yeah, as long as it's justifiable and we know we can reach people, you know, ev everyone on our board has a different skill set. So uh, whether it's governance, HR, legal, corporate, finance, or uh, marketing, you know, yeah, run it by the get their input, make sure people have had the relevant input so we can, again, just make sure it's a good spend of money. Everything comes back to your charity goals. Is it going to raise awareness? Is it going to reduce embarrassment? Is it going to save lives? If it's not one of those things, at least, then it's not. It's not worth doing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. What's, what's sort of your next steps now with the Robin Cancer Trust? What, what's your projects that you've got coming over the next year or two years? So, again, everyone, everyone will understand if we're, we're at the at the pivot point, um, it's trying to find out find out what the new normal is. Thankfully, yeah. it has allowed us the breathing space to perhaps not be the guinea pigs. Is is a fair way to say it? Uh, what does fundraising look like in the new world? Is it online? Uh, is it through app? Through regular giving? 
um, because future giving, which has been our mainstay, isn't happening. Like mm -hmm. us, along with charity Headway, the chosen charities, the half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. That hasn't happened. We're still going to receive some funds, but you know, taking a huge chunk out. Um, we lost ten pounds one one event that happened that would have happened in May. You know, that just didn't happen. So we didn't have ten thousand pounds anymore. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, it's literally the unknown, isn't it? Us, it's it's strange. So for us, it will be digitally led. Um, we can't until there is a new world order, whatever that looks like on social distancing, whether events come back what the sector looks like, whether there's grant funding out there for people who aren't, you know, COVID-led charities, mm. uh, we're going to have to look at a streamlined, very sort of uh, digital look at the charity. Thankfully, I'm the only member of staff, so yeah. worry about other people's livelihoods. Yeah. It's mine on the line with, you know, another <laughs> big boy coming, that's so yeah, I think we'll be looking at digital ambassadors, digital awareness campaigns, webinars, like I said, companies, whether they're working or not, we can still work to, to reach their 15, 50, 500 schools, we can still work with secondary schools. If, if all the kids are having to chime into certain things, we can do a PHSE, I can do online. So, um, there's still scope for us to fit, and we're small, agile, and very motivated. So I think we'll find our way in. Well, it's going to be a lot of collaboration. There's going to be a lot of charities having to work very closely together because everyone's going to be in the same boat. Yeah. Do, do you do primary schools? Is it or is it secondaries? We do secondaries. Primary is a bit young for us. Yeah, uh, my 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 auntie is a retired teacher, and she for the last two years she's fantastic. She has been working with um, specific schools, working at, rather than like like um, big big sort of assembly. So three five hundred kids, I'll draft them twenty to four. Yeah, she's working on workshop program for so year seven, doing a whole hour actual lesson. lesson okay. plan. She's in there delivering it, so she delivered that to thousands of kids over the last couple. Of years. So yeah. that's something we can take to a digital, a digitally led approach to that. So yeah, excellent. And do you have Toby? Do you have things set up for regular giving? Um, I mean, everyone. We talk about the noise, and we talk about. I don't think I've ever seen so many adverts asking me to adopt a panda on telly while we've been off. But there's all of these things that we all see saying about the three pound a month, three pound a month. Do you have anything set up like that for the Robin Cancer Trust? Um, we can go Robin Cancer Trust forwards, uh, robincancertrust.org forward slash uh, That's all there. Um, for the most part, it'll tell you what your fund would go towards, um, like whether it reach certain amount of people online, prosthetics or fund events talk. So people can see the impact there. Um, things as an app sustainably. Okay. PL1. Um, we're on, we can just sign up. Basically, it just wraps up to a certain amount. Uh, you spend 987, the 13p comes to the Robin Hood Trust automatically. You won't miss it. Uh, and you can set a limit on that. So, if you want to do £5 a month, but as soon as it gets to my total, it's just a great. Wow, that's a, that's a great way to do it. Charity now that you donate. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm a massive fan. They've just launched the app. 
Um, I've just done the call on. Tell us again, what's that called, Toby? Just because I don't know if that signal dropped a bit then. What's it called? Sustained it up. Okay. It's called Sustainably. Uh, Kurt Branding, yes. Uh, find it on Google. I'll put a link in on that as well. Yeah, your signal went a little bit again, didn't it? Yeah. So, so basically, just the, the idea on that then is that when people spend stuff, if they can then have the option to just up, round it up to a certain amount and that comes straight through to you guys. Wow, that's brilliant, isn't it? Surely that's... It's, it, yeah, and it's just removing hurdles at every point. That's the beauty of it. Uh, and can you... Go on. I was saying there's innovation all across the sector and, you know, trying times create interesting solutions, I think. Mm. So. And are you able to, do, to link with the likes of Costa Coffees and that sort of thing to support that? Or is it or like the local franchise businesses, the McDonald's and stuff? So that happens automatically. It goes, you basically, through open banking, you just um, give it access. And it does it automatically. <laughs> you buy something from Amazon and it will just automatically take the money, ping it over to us when it reaches a 5 or a 1 or a 10 or a 20, whatever. Right. Um, it's uh, really interesting. Wow, that's, a, that's certainly a big thing to start pushing through, isn't it? Um, yeah. So obviously going going just away a little bit from you're on time, Toby. Probably a little bit longer. You. I've got nothing but time, buddy. <laughs> time is all I have. Um, like coming away from the Robin Cancer Trust, just a little bit about yourself. Now I imagine that that going through this whole process, you've learned a whole lot about yourself, and the plan has changed from maybe when you left college or whatever you were going to do at that point. You're obviously now doing a lot of public speaking and stuff. Tell us a little bit about your own your own progression and goals that you're looking to do. Yeah, so there comes a, a tipping point, I think, where you realise uh, there's a there's some stuff in here uh, yep. <laughs> that might be useful to other people. It comes with with age, perhaps you know the the, the parenthood scenario. Now you wanna you wanna just pass a bit of that on. Um, I've always been quite lucky. I found myself in some, like scenarios where, obviously, public speaking was terrible at it at first. I think you read the, the website where I tell you. Yeah, very much. My first one was at a local in a wheel club, and I, some ladies, I, my granddad knew, I think, uh, and my mum knew, and they were all staring at me, and I was just like this total wreck, <laughs> crying, telling the story of my brother dying, which was incredibly oh. cool. Uh, and they were all very lovely, they gave me a hug, uh, and you know, and then like last year, even in Hutt's conference, compared the whole thing, like the businesses, they supported the charity, and I talked to thousands of people in my time now. I will say if you can do a talk to teenagers that really don't care who you are, yeah. you a pair of testicles around your head, you're probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, you know, some works on social media. I've helped out other charities um, doing usually around branding, marketing, social media is what I'm happy about, um, and just trying to help them out. And just as you guys, I know you're very passionate about just giving back. Yeah. It's nice to be nice. I don't know where this is going to take me. I found the time during uh, we just build a little personal brand website. Yeah, just got that on. about myself, uh, about the trust campaign to help create and run. Um, my advocacy work for uh, young adult cancer, talking about grief, which I'm passionate about, going to talk about death and, you know, support 
office. And, uh, yeah, always to do podcasts that are nice to reach new audiences, which is an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, just look to do a bit more for that, really, while not doing a whole lot of anything else. Stuff that we can do, yeah. Five or six times, so when I'm like, oh, I'm happy to help. Yeah. Yeah, very much. We, we really appreciate you on today. I think it's been, um, been a real eye-opener. But the, the best thing for me, obviously, doing this podcast today is, is you come across very, very positive. Mm. And obviously, this is this is tragic what's happened to your brother. But for someone like yourself to be positive, it makes everyone else think, goodness, you know, positivity for me is so infectious. Yeah. Um, so, great story. And I really appreciate how honest you've been, mate. You really do. We do need to go over one little quick thing, Toby. So we've obviously the. Don't worry, there's nothing bad coming. But um, for me, you're you're probably one of the most humble guys that that we've come across or that I know. Talk to me about the BCA letters after your name. I don't even know if Andrew has noticed. <laughs> so the BCA. Yeah. So obviously that was the, the British Citizenship Award that you got in 2018, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. BCA, next to his name. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's because it's super cringe, but I'm really proud of it. So, well, so you should be. Super, so you should be. About it. <laughs> yeah, so it's something I'm very proud of. Like, you know, um, so that was something that I got nominated for. The British Citizens Award is basically uh, like the highest honour for the charitable sector. Um, it's, it's not It's not in the Queen's honours. It's not on that list. It's, it's, it's sort of a, a national institution. To recognise individuals doing certain things, so there's, there's, I, I don't know what all the sectors are. Mine is British Citizen Award for Services Healthcare. Okay. Uh, and I, I got nominated by a friend of mine, and yeah, like I said, I'm quite cringe. I'm very grateful the charity has won a fair few awards this time. That obviously, you know, I've helped apply for, applied for, write the applications for, and we're very proud of those. But something you do as a business or a charity, you want to it's good to have awards, it's good to talk about. Course, yeah. And it's a personal one. It's, yeah, very awkward. But, um, and I, I, I'm not, not flippant about, about it. I'm, you know, it's, it means a lot to me. But even at the award ceremony, I was like, oh, this is nice to sit in a room, have a tea, and uh, yeah, shake some celebrities' hands, smack someone. I can't remember that. <laughs> Sitting there the whole time, and these amazing, genuinely amazing people are there with you, and you're like talking stories, and you're like, I don't belong here at all. The people have been used to help, like, with schools in the world. People who have just selflessly volunteered their love store for like 60 years, and just wow, this is, this is awesome. Um, you know, and Eddie, it was just really nice. And afterwards, they, you know, the whole day sort of popped this open bus tour. Okay. <laughs> Two street, but it was shocker with traffic. So we just spent like forty minutes going down the two streets. Last going, so like, like the ceremony was really rushed. It was nice, but afterwards they sent over the um, they sent over the, the basic the application, and just reading how much effort had gone into the application was huge, mm. and then the incredibly humbling, the, like words that friends and ambassadors and people that you know, the charity had said was just, yeah, a really, I don't know. A bit, a bit of realisation to the, to the effect that you have had, isn't it? There's only been like, genuinely, three times where I've stepped back and realised what 
what we've done as a trust, you're just all like, should we go for What's the next project? What's next? That was one of them. That was amazing. Um, standing at the first festival we went to, um, Jay Z was playing, and one of my, a good friend of mine, Rob, as well, volunteering. We stood there with like, like 35,000 people over two days, and we're watching Jay and he, he, he turned to me and went, You're taking this in and realizing this. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I And then, Park, which was my, my brother's favorite, uh, chess died, but Mike Minoda came out and played in the end by himself, and the whole crowd was there, and I was just standing there with the like, wow. oh, I'm going to fight now, wow. Yeah. And, I just, and this team of people were like, God, God, at the moment, and they were just there doing their thing, being amazing. I'm just like, they're the three times back and gone. Wow. And I think that's that's really important to be able to do that. You know, there's no there's, there's no ego there. You've got to you're doing this for a good reason. You're doing everything you're doing. And you know that award ceremony, just imagine how proud Robin would have been seeing that. You know, he would I'm sure he would he'd, he'd have had you. Yeah of course he would. Rightly so as well, yeah. But <laughs> don't trip, don't trip. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think he would have, of course he would have, you know, and I'm sure your parents and everybody else involved, was, their moments are, they're not the reason you do it, but they do help to, on the tough times like now, when we're going, we're furloughed, we've got everything going on, you know, but actually the difference that's being made, and I think we've spoke about this, Angelo, and we, to, to a few of the other guys that are doing doing their work out in, out in their own countries as well, aren't they, where they're building houses and it's just... Yeah. It's I just, think the Lamarne story, wasn't it? it was yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was telling us the same thing, wasn't he? He was very much, very much said, look, when he goes back to his country in the Congo, he's like a celebrity, but he just doesn't understand it, doesn't get it. Like, why? I don't know. But that's kind of the impact that he has on them people. Yeah. I so. think as well with, with Toby, I think he's, obviously it sounds like you're, you're pretty relentless with the, with the charity, and sometimes it does take something like the award to sort of sit back and think, Goodness, this is what I've achieved with this. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's, it's seeing the impact it's had on other people's lives. Mm. It, 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 just like, you know, when you guys do what you're passionate about, right? You yeah. Just, yeah. You know, no matter what your wife does when you're just nagging you to go to bed or you're like, taking calls at the wrong time and you're supposed to be putting the kid to bed or whatever. Have you been living at mine? I'm just going to record that part. It's not just me, yeah. But yeah, it really is. Um, it's a it's a long going battle, isn't it? It's an ongoing challenge to keep trying to to getting up and carrying on, and maybe going down the odd dead end. Um, but accepting that it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the the where we're going. Um, so Toby, obviously, once once all this is done and we're allowed to get back to some sort of normality. I'll share the links obviously in the podcast and on, on YouTube and stuff. How can people, if you had a, a magic wand where people could support and help the charity, what do you think is going to be the best way that we can get people helping and supporting? Uh, I think for the moment, the best thing for people to do is uh, social is always great. We've got a great team, uh, sort of great following on there. Uh, we've got a team RCT uh, group page where people can just sort of. About 500 members. Uh, if anyone 
feeling like they want to get into fitness. We have a running club that was started because we all ran a half marathon in 2016 together. Uh, and it's just sort of moving on. People have been loving it during lockdown. No real charity impetus on that. I mean, yeah. obviously, we put in a few races going on, like the Pucker Races or yeah. uh, half marathons or any of us are running. But people just love it for accountability training, good vibes. There's ambassadors, supporters, and total newbies of charities in there. And it's just this lovely hub of let's all have a good time and put up screenshots, sweaty selfies, and all that jazz. <laughs> a good one for people. Nice way to get engaged with the charity. Um, and then I think. Just sign up to our text alerts because yeah. that is the most important thing at the moment. In your house, you need a reminder of yourself or to be a walker where you text balls or ovary to 70300. We text you once a month with links, video, reminder, time to check your balls. Okay. Um, and, you know, for the moment, it's on pause. Advocacy. Listen to your body. Cancer doesn't stop. I know the world's there. GPs are there, they want to see you. Uh, they're concerned you aren't going to see them, so yeah. listen to your body, check um, be symptoms aware, you need to go to your GP, um, obviously adhering to socially distancing rules, <laughs> but your GP they want to see there's yeah. been a really in, um, people going and we're all kind of terrified to expect it's going to be a really bad long term impact if people don't start yeah, you know what, well, that's that's the big thing that probably isn't even being thought about at the moment, isn't it? You know, everyone's going, I won't go because I don't want to get COVID, but actually yeah. all of these things that are still happening, they're kind of, they're serious. They're still really serious, aren't they? Nothing in the health world has stopped, you know, no. all of this was there before it will be after. So I really do understand that home with people. GPs want to see you, go and see you, you know. GPs are as cleanly as anyone, so it's you're not going to... It's better than going to Tesco, isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> cool. Well, Toby, look, we really appreciate it, mate. I think for now that probably wraps us up. We'd love to uh, love to keep, obviously we'll keep in touch anyway with everything going on, but maybe we'll look to do another podcast and we're still going in a couple of years' time and we'll sort of see where we're going and what's happening. Um, but in the meantime, I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that can be done together between all of us with the schools and with sharing contacts and um, Angelo obviously with the academy and stuff. We're looking yeah. to we're looking to do things going forward as well with what how we can support charities and other local things. So you know, Toby, we we've got your back as much as we can. Although as soon as we start getting some money coming through, we'll happily share it through. Um, yeah, and potentially the you know. The school photo side, we're launching something new with that, with a, a monthly thing, so we might be able to try and work something in there as well. That we can do what we can, you know. Appreciate it. Um, uh, really appreciate it. That's been superb, isn't it, Lee? Yeah. Really, yeah, really. good insight and so honest and brutal, you know, the story. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Toby, uh, you're good. Hopefully you enjoyed it. <laughs> appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Cool. All right, mate. I'll catch you soon, Toby. Look after yourself. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.